Don't pay retail for your diamond engagement ring or gift. Come to CleanOrigin.com. Founded by a leading family in the diamond industry for more than a century, we're experts in lab-grown diamonds because that's all we do. Clean Origin, the only diamond jewelers who give you a 100-day, no-questions-asked return on your purchase. Head to CleanOrigin.com or one of our retail stores and mention code RADIO10 for 10% off your purchase. That's CleanOrigin.com, code RADIO10. Rakuten is proud to present Elizabeth I, the new podcast about Elizabeth Taylor as the original influencer. She was famous for her impeccable style, and Rakuten wants to help you save on the styles you love. Shopping for the perfect holiday party outfit? Rakuten makes it possible with cash back, deals, and coupons. Save money at stores you love. Get started at Rakuten.com or get the Rakuten app. That's R-A-K-U-T-E-N, Rakuten.com. Welcome to the Bob and Cherry Show. Nothing but a bunch of low-life white trash drinking too much cheap alcohol. With Bob. The very mention of your name makes children scream in terror. And Sherry. That is the most infuriating woman who ever lived. And now, broadcasting from the Palatial Bob and Sherry Studios, it's Bob and Sherry. You guys, the very first thing I was greeted with when my alarm went off this morning was a notification on my phone announcing, good morning, Sherry. Today is National Cook for Your Pets Day. (laughs) (laughs) I know that Uh, you do, Bob. I know that that every day is that for you. It's just, how come I never wake up to, good morning, Sherry. Today is National Someone's Going to Cook for You Day. So now I'm cooking for the pets. It's also National Extra Mile Day, as in go the extra mile, which I feel like you would be doing if you were cooking for your pets. And my personal mm-hmm. favorite, National Vinegar Day. Oh, how will we celebrate? <laughs> I could think of one way. <laughs> Happy National oh, wow. Vinegar Day, everyone. And now if yeah. we were if we were like a really cheesy um or cheesier uh, radio show, we would hit the phones right now. 844-52 Sherry, what's your favorite vinegar? I like balsamic, but you know, sometimes a white wine vinegar is nice too. How about you? Caller number seven. What is your favorite vinegar on National Vinegar Day? Well, we can't do that because nobody uses their phone to call anymore. But what we should be doing is uh, a, a bottle of vinegar a day every day for the month, right? To celebrate National Vinegar Day. Don't you feel sorry for the guy you know, he's like just got hired with the PR firm and yep. somebody in the PR firm is working with the salesperson for the vinegar company. And he, they say, we're about to lose this. What are we going to do? I know. Let's let's call it National Vinegar Day. Oh, that's good. They'll love that. Skippy, come over here. <laughs> I want you in charge of this. And Skippy's got to come up, you know, with some sort of BS about National Vinegar Day. I know you guys have seen this on your socials. It's in my Instagram a lot. These people that that drink like a cup of apple cider vinegar a day, or you yeah, can get yeah. gummies, like vinegar gummies. And mm-hmm. it's supposedly the cure for every everything from bloated, drink some apple cider vinegar. Want to lose weight fast? Drink some apple cider vinegar. Are you kind of a big D and nobody likes you? How about some apple <laughs> cider vinegar? Like, I, I so Kevin Kevin asked me about it. This was like two years ago, right at the beginning of the pandemic. Kevin goes, I read this thing on my news feed about how drinking apple cider vinegar can make your immune system stronger. So I thought I would try it. 
Here's how long that lasted. The amount of <laughs> the amount of time it took the vinegar to get into his mouth and then be spat into the sink. That's how long the glass of apple cider vinegar a day lasted. You know, if you absolutely knew that that was a thousand percent the truth, no matter what it tasted like, people would do it. But it's just one of those things. There are so many <sighs> products and cures and uh, suggestions on how to extend life. And it's very seldom that it's 100% effective. You know, there, there's always a caveat. This has not been tested by a scientific community somewhere along the way. Kevin, Kevin's reaction to drinking apple cider vinegar was such that even if it guaranteed him immortality, he won't do it. There's probably only one part of his anatomy that you could appeal to to get him to drink apple cider vinegar every day. Have you ever tried drinking straight vinegar? It no. is disgusting. It is so hard to get down. Max or Doc, have you ever tried it? No. It's so gross. No, but I've had straight balsamic vinegar on a salad before. Yeah, I have had that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you and have some lettuce to soak that's up. That's good, but it is very acidic. But, you know, just think of the poor vinegar uh, companies, right? Vinegar. All right, so you inherit the... Um, Lynch Vinegar Company, right? You you are the vinegar queen. Actually, I've heard you call that a couple of times. But <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you by who. And, and you're saying to yourself, hey, we're not making any progress here. Yeah, we're selling some vinegar, you know, for balsamic and a couple of other things. We got to expand. What else can we do? I want you guys to go out there and figure this out. And I swear to God, I saw this online also. People who have some sort of toe fungus can put their feet in vinegar. Well, I think it was white vinegar, and it cures it. So you've got to go get a couple of really big bottles of vinegar and pour it into some sort of like a little tub and then stand in it, allegedly, to get rid of it. And, and, you know, the vinegar, Sherry Lynch, the vinegar queen, she's fine with that. She's happy with that. Because some are on the salad and some are on the feet. You don't care. <laughs> But it's it's progress. And then that got, works out good with the feet. And then you got to say, all right, that was good last year. Where are we going this year? Uh, I don't know. I Skippy? Say, though, you know that the romance is over when you walk into the living room after dinner, find your man with his foot in a bucket of vinegar. <laughs> yeah. And you know, Watching no, the History Channel. And no matter how many uh, times he puts his feet in the bathtub before he gets into bed, that's all you're thinking about. Old vinegar Old feet. vinegar foot. <laughs> you know, if so you're going to do that, you, your wife has got to be out of town. Seriously. Happy for a, an extended period. Like for perhaps a month period. or more. <laughs> yeah. Happy National Cook for Your Pets Day. Happy yeah. Go the Extra Mile Day. And most of all, from everyone yeah. here at the Bob and Sherry Show, happy National Vinegar Day. Have a all good right. one. It's Bob and Sherry. 
At the Bob and Sherry Show, we love a good Catterday photo. And we want to post your kitty best friend on our Instagram. Just send us a photo of your furry friend or you and your furry friend, and you could see them on our socials. Plus, you could pick up some great swag, including a surprise catnip toy from Dr. Pussums and your very own Bob and Sherry photo frame. Just submit your pics to bobandsherry.com on the contest tab. Every day is Catterday from Dr. Pussums and Bob and Sherry. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to bobandsherry.com. So I found this thing I want to share with everybody. It's uh, it's funny. It's tweets about married life, and we're going to do it in about a half an hour or so. But one of them, I want to launch into something else because I read this, and I thought about two of my friends and what I am doing with them. So here's here's the tweet. It's from uh, Donut Hawk, very attractive looking uh, woman. Marriage is telling your spouse you heard about a cool new restaurant on a Monday, only for them to repeat to you on Friday, there's this cool new restaurant I just heard about. <laughs> so I, I get what she's saying, and I'm not saying I haven't done that. And uh, actually, I think Mary has done that. But what it... Um, focused me on is I guess I've got around seven or eight guy friends. If I add them all up, maybe, maybe 12, if I'm thinking about people from other parts of the country. Um, and two of them are, are becoming repeaters. They'll, they'll say something like, Oh yeah, we went to such and such a store and they had this ribeye deal for couples and they do it every Thursday, Bob, so you should go over there and get these two ribeyes. And uh, with it, you get a free, I don't know, uh, container of fruit. It's great. You should do it. So they tell me that one time, and then I don't see them for like, you know, a week. Not a lot of time, like a week. And I'm talking, and one of them says, oh, by the way, over at the uh, market, they've got this ribeye deal for couples and you get a free container of fruit with it. You should try. And that's fine. But it puts pressure on me because I got two choices. I can say, you already told me that. And that's not my nature. Or I can go with it. And all of a sudden, I am Sir Lawrence Olivier. Oh, really? Two of them. What's the price on that? I already know the price. Really? And what day it is? What day is There's it? There's a third option. There's What's a third the third option? Because it's exhausting. So, option one is to pretend you're hearing it for the first time. Option right. two is to say, you already told me that. Here's the third option. Oh, that's right. I think you told me about that, and I keep forgetting to do it. Yeah. Yeah, that gets me out of it, doesn't it? And it's a little more it, graceful. It totally. It gets you. And then you, you, you clearly already know, and oh. Look at you! I can't remember anything. I keep forgetting. I'm the to dodo. Do it. I'm the yeah. dodo. You don't make anyone uncomfortable. You don't have right. to do a big charade and win an Oscar. You just go. Yeah. Yeah. I think you told me about that. Oh my gosh! I need to do that. And then, and then he goes home to his wife and he says, "I told Bob about the stakes. He totally forgot. I think he's losing it." And that's okay because you're not there to hear that conversation, right? No, but I'm like, thinking people, about it. But don't, because what people think about you or say about you is none of your business. Like if he's home, he's the guy who keeps telling you about the meat, right? And he has the brass to go home and tell his wife, you're losing it. Hello. Yeah. And she's so tired of hearing about the meat and about how you're losing it that she wants to tear her ears off and feed them to the damn dog. (laughs) 
because that's what marriage is. <laughs> that's selling. It. That is selling it. It's his really wife, selling his marriage and friendship, like, isn't it? His wife is like, if I have to hear about the two for one meet and Bob Lacey one more time, I am going to hurt someone. One more time, just say, oh, hey, hey, Debbie, did you know that I, I ran into Bob? Don't say it. Don't talk about the meat. Don't tell me. I'm going to go with what, with what you suggested. I think that is good. Yeah. That's the way to go. Because that, you know, and I, I know I can do that well. Oh, my goodness. I forgot all about that. And, and I really wanted to go over and get it. Thanks for reminding me. I remember you told me all of that. Boom. How, Look how, how good easy is that? that was. And how you're good so that? good. You're so yeah. good at that. And Thank because you. I know you, if your friend uh-huh. then says, you, I think you're losing to Bob, then I know that you'll go, maybe. And Could you'll be. do that little yeah. act. That's what Mary says. <laughs> people people ask me, have you made a new friend this year? No. Because the current friends are exhausting. Yeah, you exactly. Time or energy to add. No. Nobody does. All right. Moron, morons. <laughs> Oh, there he goes again. <laughs> Morons on the news is straight ahead. It's Bob and Sherry. Bob and Sherry. You see, that's all I could come up with because I'm an idiot with Morons in the News. I don't have a lot of details with this first Morons in the News story, but I'm including it because of one reason. At the end of the story, I'm going to read verbatim what the police said we all should be doing today in America. Dateline, Fresno, California. Around 8.30 in the morning, Wednesday morning, police say as employees of Lithia Ford were gathered for a meeting inside the dealership, a man walked in and stabbed one of the employees multiple times. Let me just say... He was taken to the hospital. It was serious, but he's okay. If he had died, I never would be reading this story at all. But he was stabbed during a sales meeting at 8.30 in the morning. Officers tracked down the suspect not that far uh, away. They got him. You know what I'm figuring? He was so ticked off that he didn't get the undercoating that was promised to him that he he came back. It'll drive you to it. That that probably wasn't it. But um, the dealership uh, posted on its Facebook page saying it will be closed the rest of that day. Fresno police, here we go. Fresno police say this is a reminder for all businesses and employees to stay vigilant. Quote, don't put yourself in any further danger than you already are. But if you see something, say something. That's the quote from the police. Don't put yourself in any further danger than you already are. The dude is sitting in an 8.30 Ford dealership sales meeting. How can that be putting yourself in danger? What, Bob, what are, you, are you are I've, you supposed to come in with like armor from the 13th century now when you go to work? Bob, I've been in sales meetings where I was the danger. I'm the one who knocks. <laughs> <laughs> where I have heard so many like insane things that I've been like, all right, Brian, if you say one more thing, I'm coming at you with this paperclip that I've been discreetly sharpening on the metal edge of my chair for the last 20 minutes. You have to be vigilant. We live in times when people are 
so stressed out and so pushed to the limit. That's my point. That, That's yeah, my point. that it's. Yeah, well, that just, guy could have been stressed up, but you, yeah. you don't stab other people, obviously. It's just it's Stay just home. that, okay, be vigilant if you're walking down an alley, you know, in a major city, and it's midnight and you're alone. Be vigilant. Duh. Yeah. But sitting in a Ford dealership, you know, at an 830 meeting, you've got you to gotta be vigilant? Come on. But, you know, haven't we all had, at one time or another, that one co-worker? This was, yeah. a, I think this was a customer, not a coworker. Oh, this know. was a customer? I have no idea. I have no idea. They don't say. There's always that one coworker that's trying to sell you candles and leggings, that right. one coworker who's crying in the bathroom, and that one coworker that you say, well, good luck to y'all. I'm not pissing them off, <laughs> right? Yeah, that's true. That's yeah. the world we live in. <laughs> yeah. Today's today's morning of the day is a deer. Um, not even a Florida deer, a South Carolina deer. <laughs> we have restaurant security footage out of Kershaw, South Carolina. A deer came charging into the restaurant at 1130 in the morning before the lunch rush and scampered all over the place while the cameras rolled. At one point, tried to get out through a closed window, but thankfully mm. the employees jumped in the way and were able to escort the deer back outside. No one was injured, including the deer. And we have the video just because sometimes on a Tuesday, you need to see something that isn't terrifying and scary. And before we wrap up morons in the news for today, there's an adorable story of beaver that was rescued. Um, You know, beavers, their instinct is to do what? What is a beaver's instinct? Make dams. To make dams, yeah. Yeah, to make dams. So a Massachusetts animal group rescued a beaver, and they had the beaver in the rescue facility, and the beaver Mm -hmm. had a little roommate. And so the beaver, and this is just what you would do, Bob, if you were a beaver. The Mm -hmm. beaver built a dam so that the roommate would stay on her side of the enclosure because the beaver did not want to share her space. I would do that if I were a beaver. I feel like you would do that if you were a beaver. And there's no insult in there. I know you're looking for one. I know you're looking for a way to be insulted that I suggested that you would be a slightly antisocial beaver. (laughs) Yeah. Well, a a beaver, Sherry, a beaver wants to be alone once in a while, okay? A beaver just wants to be left alone. And there's nothing wrong with that. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's more us in the news for today. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast called the Oddcast. Podcasting. Podcast. With stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. Spooky season's not over quite yet. Listen to the current Oddcast where one of our listeners experienced a haunting in an old castle with pictures that are on our Facebook page. The Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast. The Oddcast. We got a big podcast to do here. Get it now on the free Bob and Sherry app, bobandsherry.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bob and Sherry books, swag, and the mother of all mothers merch. Just hit shop at bobandsherry.com. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it is time now for the marriage or committed relationship tweets of the week. And let's start out right now with Broda Gupta. Marriage is hard work. For example, now there are two people who don't know what they want for dinner. That is so true. That is, is that not one of the most exhausting things that you deal with every single, what, what, it starts like at four in the afternoon. I'm, when, I'm tired. I'm so tired of asking the, the question. 
I'm know, so tired. What I do you know. feel like having for dinner tonight? What do you feel like having for dinner tonight? Uh, well, now I ask it a different way. I'm like, tell me three things that you absolutely do not want to eat for dinner tonight. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's very good. Uh, here's the second one. Jesse says this. Marriage involves a lot more shouting, I'm in the bathroom, than I originally thought. That is true. That is true. Uh, Michael James says, my wife makes us put $5, $5 in the find jar every time we make her find something we cannot locate in the house. After 13 months of savings, she's buying a Ford Explorer. I believe it. Mary Ferry Boberry says, why would I go to see a scary movie when I can watch my husband using a metal spatula on my Teflon pan? That is so <laughs> So, so very true. Yeah. Uh, this person says, walked inside after work today and I yelled, spouse in the house. And honestly, I don't know why my wife hasn't divorced me yet. <laughs> I actually, I'm going like to start doing that. I'm going to start doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is from Dead Moon Rising. Went to Costco this afternoon with my wife and her mother. And while they were discussing which is better, the green slash yellow or the blue splash yellow sponges, I was able to see my soul actually leaving my body. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Uh, Ariel Elias says, my husband said if things keep going well, he's going to buy a second pair of jeans. It's tough over (laughs) there. It's really, really tough. Cracked is uh, joining us today with a a marriage tweet of the week. I can stop whenever I want. That's my wife as she pushes through another Amazon order. (laughs) Do you know that I have to make now at least twice a month runs to the recycling area with cardboard? It drives me out of my mind. And some of these, some of these things, like it's a small item and the box is big. It's just, shut up, Bob. I, you, you, Bob, you were just not going to allow yourself to go down alleys like that. You know that there's nothing that you can do to change anybody's nope. mind. Mm-mm. Nope. Uh, um, you know what I love? You know, I'm well, always looking for ways to be more efficient and to save time and do things better. And mm-hmm. you now correct yourself, which frees yeah. me up to possibly take on a new craft or hobby. Oh, it was that much of a burden, was it? You had that, I mean, you I, had that I much now, of hours that you put in. Well, I don't even have to think about it anymore because you'll say something like, and the box is so big. And I'm like, Mary. And then you'll catch yourself and go, oh, shut up, Bob. Just stop it. There's nowhere to go. This is a blind alley. You're not going to change anybody's mind. People are going to get stuff delivered. And I'm trying. I mean, thank you. Thank you for being one of the only men in my life who who steps up and saves me a little bit of labor. My pleasure. I'm glad to do it. Let's go back right now to another uh, marriage or committed relationship tweet of the week. Husbands looking to reunite a spark in the marriage. Have you ever tried taking her to Home Goods to check out the fall decor and then maybe lunch at that chicken salad place? Can that I tell you? Is so on point. If Kevin came to me and said, "Woman, how about if we go to Home Goods and then out for sushi?" I would tear that man from limb to limb. I know. We'd never realize why don't, that. Why don't y'all catch on? I don't know. 
I don't know. Especially the part of let's let's go to Home Goods and check out the fall decor area. If he were to say to me, you know, it would be fun. Let's get Starbucks and go to World Market. We'd never make it out of the driveway. You know, Bob, it seems to me that that home goods thing and going to a restaurant called the Chicken Salad Chick is something that I have actually done. Have you really? When you said that, I went, well, this sounds awfully familiar. But yes. You went to both in the same day? In the same day. That's where we had lunch. What did you buy buy at HomeGoods? Can you remember? I didn't buy anything. No, no, it was browsing. You had to kind of look Uh, and see. You had to get a feel for it. Yeah. Yeah, You are a king, Max. Um, And Max's girlfriend seasonally decorates indoors and out. Like she's, she's serious about it. What, what has she done for... Uh, well, for, for Halloween, we have two little yeah. trellises up that have that faux webbing around it, you know. The, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah we did that for, for Halloween. And then and then little... It's just a little dark, but little animal skeletons, which I think is a little strange. Yeah, I can't wait to see what she does for Thanksgiving. <laughs> I can't. As I tell um, her... Wait, wait. As I tell Max. her, you make a home by doing this. Otherwise, it would just be me flopping around in here watching football. Oh, that's good. That's good but stuff. But Max, didn't your that. mom once clean a turkey carcass and spray paint it gold? Yes, and made that into a, a little sled where she got a little uh, Santa Claus and put on it. And then, yes, she did that. Look at that. Well, You're, women you found a girl different. just like your mom. I, I, I have I have two more marriage tweets before we uh, wrap this up. First one from Killer Candy Corn. It's amusing. My husband doesn't want me touching his new MacBook Pro because he thinks I'll drop it, but he's totally cool with me picking up our kids. And finally, <laughs> Laura Marie. I'm taking my husband to urgent care because he broke his toe, but we're not dragging any kids with us, so this counts as a date. <laughs> yes, it does, Laura. And there it is, marriage quotes for this week. It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, it's Sherry here. Just saying a giant thank you to everyone who reaches out and contacts the show. We try to read every email, every DM, every text. We do miss some, um, and I apologize for that. If you would like to be on the show, or if something really wild has happened in your life and you'd like to be on the podcast, you can reach us at hello at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I. Hello at bobandsherry.com. That's usually the most direct way, but however you reach out, thank you, and thank you for listening. Could it be a truly American art form is taking the world by storm? Ranking in the top 100 in many countries around the world each week, Restless Shores is a very popular with our overseas neighbors, even in many countries where English is not the native language. From Azerbaijan to Andorra, from Yemen to Yonkers, New York, and all points in between, Restless Shores international fans are the wind beneath this American podcast swings. For more, check out restless-shores.com and find Restless Shores wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Dr. Kim, the parentologist. 
As a wife, mom, therapist, and all-around juggler like most of you, I lead a hectic life, and sometimes that means indulging in foods on the go that my stomach doesn't always agree with. Thankfully, Pepto-Bismol provides me fast and effective relief for all kinds of upset stomachs. Having a little too many guilty pleasures at a family barbecue or birthday celebration may lead to indigestion or heartburn, so I always keep Pepto on hand to get fast relief when I need it the most. Pepto-Bismol, use as directed and keep out of reach of children. Bob and Sherry with the People's Movie Critic Lamar. You know, it had a little balcony and kids would get up the balcony and they'd get the candy and they'd throw it. At the price of candy today, if I'm a theater guy, I hope they're throwing it. Throw it! Hey, Lamar, for $8 a bag, I eat the M&M's and then I eat the bag. I'm not throwing (laughs) it. (laughs) (laughs) I try to burp up the taste a couple of times. I mean, you know what I'm saying? (laughs) If you think us Baptists don't speak to each other in the liquor store, you should have seen us avoiding each other last night. I love Bill Murray. I mean, for me, Bill Murray's like bacon. And who doesn't like bacon, okay? I mean, they're both comforting. They trigger wonderful memories. And they both make you feel really, really good. Unless you're a vegan. And let's be honest, the, the only thing that brings joy to a vegan is to be able to tell other people they're vegan. Okay, that's, that's it. <laughs> Listen for his reviews every Friday. And get all his reviews at BobandSherry.com. It's the stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, shouldn't do on the regular show. The Oddcast. Oddcast on the free Bob and Sherry app. It's time for Everyone Needs a Laugh with the comedian Dan Bublitz. My friends say, oh, you wear fancy sweaters, you have a beard, that's what makes you a hipster. I'm like, no, I have a beard because without it, I look like the prime suspect in every kidnapping. He sees it. <laughs> Not trying to be cool or hip, just trying to stay out of jail. <laughs> That's all that is. But that definitely, looking like I do, definitely has pros. I'm, you're going to be surprised by this, but I don't get in a lot of fights. <laughs> you know, a big tough guy like me, you're probably thinking, oh, he probably brawls every day. Nope. Uh, in fact, when I'm out with my friends, if a fight breaks out, I guarantee you nobody's going to tag me into the fight. You know, they'll think about it, and they might go for it. They'll reach for the tag. Dang! You should go sit back down, Dan. You're going to get hurt. (laughs) And they're absolutely right. I'm fragile. I'll get hurt. (laughs) Definitely not a fighter. In fact, in my entire life, I've only been in one physical altercation. And that was with my father when I was 12. He roundhouse kicked me in the face. (laughs) Now, before you judge my father, you should know he was showing me how to do a roundhouse kick and I walked into his foot. (laughs) At least that's what he told me to tell everybody. (laughs) And that's been the story ever since. (laughs) Somebody tried to use my credit card to book a vacation to Europe. And it was very upsetting because the bank declined the charges and I didn't get to take a vacation in Europe. (laughs) Yeah. The good news is I don't need identity theft protection because I have the next best things. No money and terrible credit. (laughs) In fact, my credit's so bad, somebody tried to steal my identity once when they saw my credit score, they tried to give it back. (laughs) I was like, oh! Finders keepers, that's yours now. <laughs> Joke's on you, even I don't want to be me sometimes. 
My credit history is a little shaky because I had to file bankruptcy uh, a while back. I don't know if anybody's ever had this experience, but it is a real process. And I'm going to tell you, I never experienced anything like it. Because you can't just decide that you're broke and quit paying your bills and be like, I'm bankrupt. <laughs> no, there's a process. Uh, that process involves hiring an attorney. That attorney gives you a stack of paperwork like this that you have to fill out because you have to qualify for the bankruptcy. You have to qualify to be broke. <laughs> the rent in my checking account should qualify me to be broke. I qualified. Then the attorney told me it would cost $1,600 to file bankruptcy. It's like if I had $1,600 in the bank, I'd probably just pay my bills and wouldn't be in this situation. <laughs> had to figure out where I was going to get the money, so I went to a bank. I applied for a loan. <laughs> I qualified for the loan. <laughs> then the banker asked what the loan was for. I said bankruptcy and security escorted me out of the bank. <laughs> like touche, touche. Uh, I grew up poor. I come from a poor family. I often think about winning the lottery and what I would do with the money. You know, like when, uh, when I was in my 20s, I probably would have did just irresponsible things, you know? Spend it on fancy ladies, fancy cars, fancy houses. But at my age, if I won the lottery today, you know what I would do? I would just go to the doctor and actually pay for it. <laughs> Funny because it's true. That is Dan Bublitz, and you can find his set at B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. Coming up on the show, if you've ever felt like, oh, I don't have any hobbies, I need to get hobbies, let it go. We have great news. No hobbies, no worries. It's coming up. It's Bob and Sherry. At the Bob and Sherry Show, we love a good Catterday photo. And we want to post your kitty best friend on our Instagram. Just send us a photo of your furry friend or you and your furry friend, and you could see them on our socials. Plus, you could pick up some great swag, including a surprise catnip toy from Dr. Pussums and your very own Bob and Sherry photo frame. Just submit your pics to bobandsherry.com on the contest tab. Every day is Catterday from Dr. Pussums and Bob and Sherry. Bring whatever you drink and celebrate happy hour Thursdays at 7 p.m. Eastern live live on the Bob and Sherry Facebook page. I had to laugh out loud when I saw this post by a guy named Brian Kreider. He said, my freshman dorm had a small electrical short above the sink inside the mirror's light. My roommate would hold both the faucet and the mirror at the same time to gently shock himself awake for the day. <laughs> no, it's so, not no, the worst. It's not. Sometimes had, it just my takes alarm a little went, effort to get going. My alarm went off this morning and I could have benefited from a gentle shock just to get me started. You know, mine went off this morning and it's the same time it always goes off. And I took an extra two seconds to get out of bed because my, like, my foot was caught on the sheets. And I hear next to me, oh, listen, <laughs> I, I don't know what to say. I don't have like a little 
um, sleeping squirrel that flies over my head and nudges me to get out of bed. You know, I've looked for sleeping squirrels that fly and nudge you out of bed. They're not available at this time, evidently. I don't know. What am I supposed to do? Um, there's, you can't, you can't win because if you got one of those like daylight alarm clocks that gently wakes you up by illuminating the room, herself will not, that that is not going to happen. So that's how, even if she had that eye patch thing on, she would know. So that is not going to work whatsoever. What am I supposed to do? Even if you went to sleep at night with your phone in your pocket and your alarm set to vibrate, she would still hear and sense that. I know. There, I, you, I need a um, silent vibrating yourself, blanket. Well, you have to train yourself to wake up. Like you have to get in bed at night and say to yourself, 5.15 a.m., 5.15 a.m., 5.15 a.m., 5.15 a.m. Until you go to sleep till you, so that you'll naturally force yourself to wake up. Which you is know, going to be a very, very stressful and unpleasant for you. That's a very good idea. The, I think the only thing I'll have to do is to go to bed at 4.15 in the afternoon to make yeah. sure I get enough sleep. And, and <laughs> to get up I wake, naturally. I'll awake naturally at 2 a.m. and then uh, just lie there because there's nothing to do, you know. <laughs> but be still because you know she can just sense still. any yeah. movement or restlessness on your part. That Walmart does sell a vibrating bed alarm that apparently... That what you can do yeah. is have it connected to your bed so it'll vibrate you. So you, when you were talking yeah, but about it vibrates her too, it would vibrate her too. Well, she's not going to like that. Yeah, she's not going to like that. A lot of ways I, I could go with this right now. I agree. I find um, it's been my experience in marriage that whatever you're doing is irritating, but the alternative to that thing is also irritating. And what it's come down to for me, and I've learned this over the course of three husbands turns out that we can just keep stripping it down until I'm what's irritating. (laughs) (laughs) I find that the longer I'm with a woman, the more irritating evidently I am. Like a, like a fine wine, you know, you, you become more developed and complex over time. Like the minor, the minor irritants in the beginning develop a full bodied richness to the point where it's all she can think about. Yeah, that's exactly right. I used um, to be a a snooze alarm person. It drove Kevin mm -hmm. crazy. And here's how he broke me of the habit of setting my snooze alarm. He he started telling me that, you know, I read a study that that's bad for you. And then he would send me things that he saw online. And finally, I, I broke the snooze alarm habit when I just reached a point where if I heard his voice tell me one more thing about snooze alarms, I was going to smother him with a pillow. And that's I got to tell you, he did his work, though. He did his homework to back up his opinion. He was patient. He's a a fan of the drip, drip, drip category. He'll just Mm -hmm. drip, drip, drip it on you until you get to the point where I'm saying to myself, if I hear this man mention a snooze alarm even one more time, (laughs) I'm going to spend the rest of my life in prison. (laughs) <laughs> and I made the decision, you know, like what was better for me to spend yep. the rest of my life in prison or just to get up when the alarm went off. And that's and, a good um, choice. Yeah. yeah. So there you're in, you are in that position now. She's drip, drip, mm-hmm. dripping on you and you're going to have to solve it. Yeah. Four o'clock hitting the hay, the dog and me. That's right. 
It's Bob and Sherry. The new and improved Bob and Sherry website. Just go to BobandSherry.com. Happy first day of November. Welcome to gratitude season. I thought it would be fun to kick off the month by talking about Puritan dating rituals because verily, Prudence and Charles could not swipe right. And how did people in such a um, difficult and literally puritanical time, how did people end up courting and getting married? And if you think about like the Puritans, we have, you know, the big hats, buckled shoes stereotype. Right. These, these people were starving to death. They were starving in the new world. They were struggling with um, brutal long winters. They were they were really outgunned in a lot of ways by the environment and they needed each other just to stay alive. They needed to get married for food and companionship and have some kids so that the uh, entire colony wouldn't get wiped out. So back then, if a woman was 30 years old and still unmarried, they called her a thornback. And they a had what? a saying back, a thornback. <laughs> that's a awful. Thornback. <laughs> Good. They Lord, a, that's terrible. Isn't it? They had a saying back then that I've never heard before. And that saying is women dying old maids lead apes in hell. Good. What? (laughs) Get worse. That's a proverb. Women dying old maids. You're a thorn back leading apes in hell. Leading apes in hell. So let's say that um, you were able to find a bow and you were going to get into some courtship. Both sets of parents had to consent in order for you two to even court. And there were very there were customs, but there were also laws around courtship. Man, the Puritans were so freaking uptight. Before any courtship could begin, the the man needed to get the parents' consent and would send them little gifts to like make them like him. Puritans, for all of their puritanicalness, they really believed in true love and they felt that you should not marry unless there was true love. So they had these rituals that would allow the two people, the couple, to discover whether or not they really loved each other. And one of those traditions was bundling. So once the girl's parents had the feeling that this this boy is serious and this courtship could lead to marriage, they would give their permission to bundle. So the couple would get in bed together fully dressed, um, a bundling board that was attached to the head and the footboard of the bed separated them. And the woman wore something called a bundling stocking. This was like um, a really tight like feed sack that would bind her legs closed for the night. And so this would give the parents a peace of mind that the couple could get to know each other, but there would be no risk of sexual congress which is what they called it i don't know why they called it sexual congress because if you're having sexual congress in 2022 you ain't getting nothing done but fighting anyway <laughs> let's get back to the <laughs> let's get back to That's the, the truth okay so before they would get into the whole bundling situation you know the girl would put on her bundling outfit and they would get the board and all they would have something called a courting stick and it would be a hollow wooden tube that had been whittled or carved, I guess, about six to eight feet long with a bell-shaped opening on either end. And Mm -hmm. the couple would sit very far from each other in the room, although the homes were small, and they would whisper to each other inside the courting stick 
and one would listen on the bell shape, like on her end. And then she would whisper sweet nothings or whatever. And then he would listen. And this way they could flirt without the parents hearing them. If you think about it, I want you to imagine like yourself or your kids, uh, the boyfriend or girlfriend is invited over. You're talking to each other through a long stick. And then <laughs> your date, Bob, is going to be put <gasps> into a tight sack <laughs> and nestled <laughs> next to you with a board between you. The dating stick. <clears throat> wow. That was something. It, there's a book. There's an old book about um, these customs. And in that book um, is um, a little short story of this one couple's courtship. Mm -hmm. And the man is named John and the girl is named, um, I think if I remember right, she's named um, Lydia. And he, his um, anatomy, I'm trying to think of the best way to say it, is referred to as the devil. So throughout their night of bundling, the devil periodically rises and, yeah. and then has to yeah. be Makes beaten back to known. the wilderness. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, yeah, you know I think I'm looking sorry. back on it, I think they had it right. <laughs> I think they did. <laughs> the devil. Oh, the devil's, the devil's awake again. <laughs> at one point in this book, um, John says to himself, Yes, the devil has been pushed back, but still he lurks. <laughs> still he lurks. Way, yeah. That's the way the devil can always. Work. So always. welcome to welcome to November to the season of gratitude and be glad that ye can swipeth right <laughs> and not push the devil back in a bundling <laughs> stocking. It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, you can upgrade your mixology game with Venus Fizz House Virtual Mixology Classes. If you'd like to win a class for you and a friend, just go to bobandsherry.com. That's B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com and hit the contest tab. And hit the contest tab. And it's the perfect holiday gift. Venus Fizz House Virtual Mixology Classes with Bob and Sherry. Leave us a talk back. talk back with the free Bob and Sherry app. So a few minutes ago, if you weren't with us, we were um, saying welcome to November. It's the season of gratitude. You know, we try to be thankful every day in November for all of the things that we have. And sometimes you're thankful for the things you thought you wanted and didn't get. And so we were talking about the Puritans, since this is Thanksgiving month, and their dating rituals. And, and I came across something. I don't know if this is the first personal like romantic personal ad in the United States of America but it's got to be close to being the very first personal ad so the Puritans the way they would all the marriages were basically arranged but the Puritans believed in true love so like let's say you had a crush on a girl you would have to get your parents and her parents consent to court her and then there'd be all this like crazy Puritan stuff on your way to the marriage right but that that having to deal with the parents or the guardians did not mm-hmm. appeal to everyone. So in February, February 23rd, 1759, a dude named A.W., we just have his initials, bought an ad and put it in the Boston Evening Post. And here's what the ad said, quote, any young lady between the age of 18 and 23 of a middling stature, brown hair, 
regular features and a lively, brisk eye of good morals and not tinctured with anything that may sully so distinguishable a form, possessed of three or four hundred pounds entirely her own, and where there will be no necessity of going through the tiresome talk of addressing parents or guardians for that for their consent. Should that interesting young lady who meets the qualifications, um, she could arrange a place to meet Mr. A.W., who described himself as someone that he hoped shall not be thought disagreeable by any lady answering the above description. He promised profound secrecy, um, so her privacy would be protected, and said no trifling answers will be regarded. So here's a dude who not only doesn't want to deal with your parents, um, but he's got a real specific type, and he wants you to have your own money. And he put that ad in the Boston Evening Post, and that is probably the ancestor of Tinder. That is probably the first romantic yeah. personal ad in the country. What uh, I think the toughest one for a, for a gal to actually nail down would be those eyes. Could you describe that, the eye type of eyes? Oh, he wanted middling stature, so not too tall, not too yeah. short, brown right. hair, brown regular hair. features, and mm-hmm. a lively, brisk eye. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> so, I mean, you show up at the date and you don't know if you have lively, brisk eyes. Are your eyes just, you just move them around, moving your just eyes around all the time? Make them lively? <laughs> what, what was the three or 400 pound thing? What was the three or 400 pounds? She has to have her own three or 400 pounds because they were still using British currency back in 1759. I see. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that would have been a fair be, amount of money. It had to be entirely her own money. Where A.W. thought he was getting a woman between the ages of 18 and 20 with that lively, brisk eye and all of her own money. I mean, you talk about a guy who's so picky that he probably died alone. How many in 1759 in New England, how many 18 to 20 year olds with that kind of money and lively, brisk eyes and brown hair do you think Um, there were? Roman well, around. the population was very small. My answer would be none. It, it just <laughs> seems this this guy's the eternal me. optimist. That's where the optimist club began with this guy. Um, I don't know. But, you know, you shoot for the moon, right? You shoot for the moon. Mary probably pay. said at, at one point, I'd like to have, be, be with a fun guy, you know, and, uh, I, you know, she's tall. She's like 5'9", uh, who's uh, taller than me, uh, around my same age. And um, has a lot of energy. Well, you know, I'm not 5'9", and uh, I'm a couple inches shorter than that. Um, as we all know, um, I get up very early, so I have to uh, take a nap sometimes during the day. So I'm maybe not as lively. Sometimes, you know, I hate to use the word settle when it has to do with me, but he probably <laughs> had to settle. Had to he settle. probably did. If this ad were being written about me, um, I'm middling stature. I'm right. I'm a medium-sized person, brown right, hair, right. regular right. features. But instead of a lively, brisk guy, A.W. would have written uh, middling stature, brown hair, regular features, and bulging, suspicious eyes that follow <laughs> me from room to room. And it could have been you. get used to it. He'll get there used you. to it after a while, right? Yeah. yeah. Hey, hey, A.W., you want to die alone? Or do you want yeah. my eyes following you through the cabin? It's Bob and Sherry. <laughs> <laughs>
from sleep training to sex tips. If you have questions, I have answers. Hi, everyone. I'm Dr. Kim, your confidant and host of the Parentologist podcast. Each week on the show, we dig into relevant topics related to everything parenting, marriage, current events, and mental health. You'll feel like you're in the room and part of the conversation. So please join me and get your weekly dose of expert-level advice and resources from me and my guests in a relatable, easy-to-digest way. Listen to the Parentologist podcast now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Do you like fun? If yes, then visit bobandcherry.com, our new, improved, and easier-to-navigate website featuring our guest bloggers. Hi, I'm Carrie Green. Join me every Wednesday for Mom Outnumbered as I brave the minefield of raising a family while maintaining a sense of humor, and I attempt to make it through at least mostly unscathed. Oh, it's great. It's this website that's got, like, everything. bobandcherry.com. Hi, this is Allison Stellar. Join me every Monday in the Zen Den as I navigate the peaks and valleys of this crazy journey called life. It appears that the website has become alive. Hey, it's the People's Movie Critic. Check out my reviews at bobandsherry.com. Their website is so easy. bobandsherry.com. And all the Bob and Sherry podcasts, including the Oddcast and Fun Size. I probably have to go shopping now. And you can't just hit shop for the Bob and Sherry store for Cooking with Cats, the Mother of All Mothers merchandise, and the other Bob and Sherry stuff. Website, the website. It's new and improved. The Bob and Sherry website. BobandSherry.com. The Facebook, the Twitter, the Instagram. You know, that's how your mom describes them. We're on all of them, and we would love to have you come hang out with us on any of our social media. Hit up our Facebook for stuff you hear every day on the show. Talk to us on Twitter. Shoot us a message on Instagram. We want to hear from you, and we want to follow you back. Plus, it's always Catterday right around the corner, and we're looking at your pics. That's Bob and Sherry on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. Sign up for our newsletter, and you could win a $50 Visa gift card. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Bob and Sherry, go. We have Halloween behind us. You have about a minute before you're going to have Thanksgiving on top of you. And of course, Christmas has been breathing down your neck since the 4th of July. Let's take today, the first day of thankful season, and just celebrate how much we all love fall. Girl. How you doing? It's me, Fall. I know you've been missing me, girl, but I got good news. I'm back, girl. Fall is there for you, girl. Gonna make your dreams come true, girl. I'm all that you want me to be, girl. Your fall fantasy. You were feeling down, but then I strolled. Not too hot, not too cold. I'm just right like the porridge was for Goldilocks. I show up every year just around the vernal equinox. I'm dressed entirely in flannel apparel. I smell like the gift shop inside a Cracker Barrel. Check my cologne, it's too much for you to handle. It's cinnamon, apple cider, pumpkin, and scented candle. I'm gonna make you feel a lot more fresh. No more humidity, no more boob sweat. You wanna go for a run? Here's your chance now. No more feeling like a bowl of soup is in your pants now. It's way too soon, but let's have a conversation about your plans for this year's Christmas decorations. It's three months away, but that don't bother me. Cause I'm your fall fantasy, girl. Fall is there for you. Girl. Gonna make your dreams come true. Girl. I'm all that you want me to be. Girl. Your fall fantasy. Yeah, literally, hey, 
I brought you a bushel, cause I'm here to stay. We can throw it in the air with some slow motion laughing, and then we get busy with fall crafting. We can make a scarecrow like this, or spread it on your porch, yeah, you can't resist. I also brought you these decorative gourds, actually, hang on, maybe I'm gonna put these back. I'm your dream date. I'll always tell you, baby, that you look sexy as hell. You in overalls with pockets. That hat is the best. A big flannel shirt with a big puffy vest. I'ma make some soup for you, cause I'm fall. Cuddle up on the couch and we watch football. Just me. Wait, hang on. Where, where are you going? So pardon on football? How about Gilmore Girls? Yeah, some peppy dialogue that's really fun to follow in an episode about a parade in Stars Hollow. I'm just like Luke. I wear flannel and I'm tall and I make apple pie. I'm fall, y'all. Fall is there for you. Girl. Gonna make your dreams come true. Girl. I'm all that you want me to be. Girl. Your fall fantasy. Think of all the possibilities. There are so many fall activities. Sitting in a rocking chair. Fall activity. Composting leaves. Fall activity. Eating out pumpkin guts. Fall activity. The guts from the seeds. Fall activity. Big spider webs. Fall activity. Got them all on them shrubs. Fall activity. Got the sign on some wood. Fall activity. Dang, fall is sexy. Fall activity. Come on. I keep it real, I'm not faking. If you need me, I'll be outside raking. You go ahead and put on some sexy fall apparel. I'll be Christmas decoration shopping at the fair. We'll boost that up on He's the got it. cherry Facebook. Yeah. He nailed it. All right, no hobbies, no problem. Ain't nothing wrong with you. It's coming up. Plus the Bob and Sherry box office. It's Bob and Sherry. It's the Bob and Sherry off-air podcast called the Oddcast. Podcasting. Podcast. With stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. Spooky season's not over quite yet. Listen to the current Oddcast where one of our listeners experienced a haunting in an old castle with pictures that are on our Facebook page. The Bob and Sherry off-air podcast. The Oddcast. We got a big podcast to do here. Get it now on the free Bob and Sherry app, bobandsherry.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Sign up for our newsletter. We never spam you. Never did. Get Bob and Sherry exclusives. Just go to bobandsherry.com. There's an article on Bustle about backhanded compliments, and they said, you know, listen, when somebody gives you a backhanded compliment, that is coming from their insecurities. Now, it doesn't make it any less hurtful, especially when it's a friend. And when a friend gives you a backhanded compliment, it's really extra hurtful because it feels like a personal attack. Now, some people are not really aware of what they're saying. They don't realize how things are going to come out. And some mm-hmm. people are being passive aggressive kind of frenemies. So um, Bustle had some examples of real world backhanded compliments. Let's go through some of these. You tell me how you would feel if somebody said any of these to you. Are you ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. Here's this first one. Your Instagram makes you seem so fun. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm with you and you ain't. Mm-hmm. But those of us who know you, of course, know the truth. <laughs> yeah, right. This one is really nasty. You look so great in that photo. I can't even see your acne. Oh, that's you- ridiculous. That's me. No, that is that is so mean. Why that is, that's you? all that person is going to think about the rest of the week yeah. is their complexion. 
Here's here's another one where I can see how it could not be meant to be hurtful, but it comes out that way. Wow, I didn't expect you were going to get that job. Congratulations. <laughs> but there are That's sometimes... That's the worst. That, well, that, that is saying you're not smart enough for, for whatever the gig was. There are jobs that you shoot for that you know are just... They're like maybe a step beyond where you are career-wise mm-hmm. or experience-wise, but you shoot Still. for it. Mm-hmm. Still. I mean, I can't imagine Still, saying that say to it. somebody. No. Um, I actually had somebody say this to me once in these words, basically. You're so independent. It's no wonder you haven't found anyone yet. Wow. <laughs> um Here's another wow. one. Here's another one. This is so you know you know what bad. that is. You know what that's uh, actually cloaking. You're such a bee. Yeah, I, that's how I took it too. That's yeah, how I took it. exactly. Um, here's another one. I love how you just don't care how you come across. <laughs> <laughs> that makes oh, you think of everything you've said in the last five years to people. But some people would take that as a compliment. Because they really don't care. I yeah, you I got had a point. A, I had a frenemy relationship. I am no longer in a relationship with this person because she was just always saying this kind of stuff to me, and it got exhausting. And so I um, removed myself. But she actually said this to me about my house: "Quote, I just wish I could be as chill as you about all the clutter." Wow. Yeah, I'm wow. not chill. I mean, you By have the way, a really I'm not nice house. First of all, I, I um, have a lot. Of, we have kids and pets, and yeah. I'm married to, to Dennis the Menace. Um, I'm not chill about the clutter, but I have a full time job, and I don't choose to spend every minute I'm not working cleaning and yelling at the people I love to be tidier. That that is not. Oh, here's another one. Um, that new haircut looks so much better than your old one. You go, girl. <laughs> Why would you say that to somebody? Here's another one. I love how you'll just wear any old thing. <laughs> are, are these all frenemies, do you think? Or are some of them just people that are just not aware of uh, what they're saying and how it's uh, perceived? I think I think it's both. I think there are people yeah. who who speak like right off the top of their head and don't they don't mean it the way they really genuinely don't mean it the way it came out. And then mm-hmm. there are people who are like so dealing with their own stuff that they, they spike these kind of balls out at you. Like, here's one. I wish I didn't have any responsibilities like you. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know who that is directed at? That's directed at somebody without kids. I've heard it before. Max. Yeah. Heard but I've know, heard it before. Have you really? Yes. Yeah. Um, and, and yet single people still do have a lot of responsibility and you don't know what's going on in their lives with family, friends or whatever. Just what you don't get to sit judgment on other people like that. Here's a good one. You are coping with this so much better than I thought you would. You're usually so unhinged. You're such a hot happens. mess. Yeah, right. <laughs> um you look so refreshed today. I almost didn't recognize you. <laughs> <laughs> you tired old hag. <laughs> you beast. Um, you're so chill in your relationship, which sounds like a compliment, right? Except there's some judgment in there too. Like this person that you're with 
is exhausting and awful, and I don't know how you're doing it. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what that means. Um, here, this is the double whammy. You look great for your age, and you're so articulate. <sighs> I don't know what to say. say. No, you should never say that. I, I don't know why anyone would say that. No one would say that to you. No one would say that. I mean, I mean your vocabulary is just uh, no, anybody who's known you more than a minute. I've heard other people say this about other people. Mm-hmm. She's really articulate. Or he's mm-hmm. so well-spoken. Oh, come on. That's um, always directed. You know what that is? That's a, I'm just going to say it because everybody knows it. That is always directed at a minority. It's racist as hell. Yeah. Um, here, here we go. You look so comfortable. Translation, I could not leave the house looking that sloppy. (laughs) I mean, what else does that mean? If someone were to say to you, well, Bob, you look comfortable. What does that mean? What does that mean? There's only one funny answer. Go ahead and say it to me. Bob, you look very comfortable. I make a good living. Oh, you're taking it as a money. Yeah, thing. just just turn it around. Just turn, turn it, it around. around. They, they yeah. won't know what to say. I love your nails. It must be nice to have so much extra time in your day to pamper yourself. Once that again, that's a person without kids. Jealous. I'll, yeah, I'll tell jealous, you one jealous. that was said to me. I got new frames for my glasses, and they said, "Wow, they really look make you look smarter." <laughs> Because I don't think anybody has ever said that to Bill Gates, <laughs> Albert Einstein, right. none of those guys who go, wow, those frames make you look. So those are those well, are people Max. that know what you do for a living, by the way. It's yeah. not really a reflection on your intelligence. It's just those your job frames, choice. Those frames make you look smarter and they make that comfortable outfit more polished. too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Straight ahead. No hobbies. No problem. It's Bob and Sherry. You read it once. I don't believe that. And then you read it again. I can't believe this. It's Bob and Cherry's. I believe this. Shit. I cannot believe this. There's a really simple question that you get asked a lot, and I used to uh-huh. dread being asked this question because I never what felt like I had a good answer. Are you ready? Yeah. Um, and you would see it sometimes on like, um, like a form that you had to fill out for mm-hmm. work or for an interview or whatever. And the question mm-hmm. is, what are your hobbies? Hmm. Hmm. That's a hard one. I dreaded it. I mean, it. I, I could tell you your hobby right away, cooking. Well, I, you know, I would always answer cooking, but actually cooking is not really my hobby. It's something, it's part of my job as a human being to feed myself and my family. And while I love mm-hmm. it, um, it, a hobby by definition is something that just gives you pleasure and that's the end of it. You don't have to be productive. You don't have to, you know, be good at that's it. That's true. It's just something that gives you pleasure. So while I love cooking, I never felt like that was the right answer as what's your hobby. So sometimes mm-hmm. I would answer reading. But again, that's not really a hobby. So then I would be like, oh, my God, I don't have any hobbies. Now, eventually, I got a hobby. I learned how to do um, needlepoint, and that's my hobby. Like it's completely pointless. It's totally for pleasure. It's just something I do when I'm really stressed and I want to turn my brain off. I finally have a hobby. So let mm-hmm. me ask you, what's your hobby? 
Um, my hobby is, well, it was golf, I guess. I don't play as much anymore. As a matter of fact, I don't play anymore. I'm thinking about taking it up again. So I can't use that one anymore. I would have to say working in my yard. And I can't say gardening because I'm not good enough to be a gardener. But man, I can take my little axe and my little tomahawk and I can take down some bad uh, bushes and trees, pull up the stuff, clean it up. I can plant some stuff and keep it going. I planted flowers and some bushes and uh, several trees. So I would say working in the yard. Yeah. Is your hobby. It's not a chore. It's something you do just for pleasure. It's both. I have to admit it is both because, you know, the yard is going to run amok if somebody's not taking care of it. You just can't, you know, you just can't throw down some pine straw in a few areas and say, well, good luck to you, yard. You know, take care. You've (laughs) got to do something because all sorts of crazy. I've learned so many things about, you know, uh, how moles can kill your yard and how uh, diseases will attack like red buds, which was a very popular uh, hedge for a while. And now it's, you know, dicey because it, it's uh, susceptible right. to diseases. I've learned now stuff Now that we're like getting that. into specific molds right, I'm bugs, sorry. I'm going to have sorry. to give you that it might be your hobby. <laughs> yeah. It turns out that it is not even a little bit abnormal to feel like a person without hobbies and to feel stressed out when someone says, so what hobbies do you enjoy? When you really feel like your entire life is work, drive, clean, sleep, repeat, repeat, Mm -hmm. right? We live in a Mm -hmm. very like stressful and frantic time. And the idea of having free time to just pursue your hobby makes Mm -hmm. a lot of people just really overwhelmed and tired. So here's the good news. And we're going to, we'll post this up on the uh, Bob and Sherry Facebook. It is completely okay to not have any hobbies and to not feel pressured to get a hobby. And instead of asking people, what what are your hobbies? The question should be, and again, this is according to like therapists and experts. The question can should I guess, be. Can, can I mm-hmm. guess what it is? Yeah. Can I guess? What do you like to do in your free time? Close, close. What do you do just to relax? And yeah. if the answer is flip channels on the TV, that's mm-hmm. okay. Like people mm-hmm. don't, when you ask people, what are your hobbies? Nobody wants to confess that watching the same rerun of Two and a Half Men for the eighth time is their hobby. Everyone wants to say, well, uh, I paint or I play chess or I do, I don't know, origami. Like we think that we're supposed to have these really cool hobbies that are skills-based and productive. But um, if what makes you relax after a long day is staring at the TV or playing a game on your phone or mindlessly scrolling Instagram, You don't have to call it your hobby, but you also don't have to feel guilty that you don't have a quote-unquote real hobby. That that's just just more of our society pressuring us. I just consider all those things you just said as kind of time wasters to a certain degree. I mean, if there's a certain TV show that gives me pleasure, I'm enjoying that TV show. But just watching movie after movie or show after show just seems like a waste. Don't even get me started on TikToks and all of that. I consider taking my dog for a walk in the beautiful outdoors and looking around. I live in a pretty place. I consider that a fan. I I consider that a hobby and I get something good. He's having a good time. He's that's great for you. That's great for you. But, um, and I'm going to, again, I'm going to share this on Facebook. These therapists say what you consider a hobby doesn't give you the right to dictate to other people. If somebody else scrolls TikTok, 
to unwind, that's not a time waster to them. That's how they're unwinding and de-stressing. They should get outside, though. They should get outside more, those people. I'm going to post this first on the Bob and Sherry Facebook, but I'm going to send it to Bob directly first so that he can read it since you're sitting they here should doing do it. exactly I'm sorry. what I'm you're sorry. not supposed to do, and that's well, judging how other that's people my stress. <laughs> that's that's, that's, that's actually my hobby. Really I spend more that time. is your hobby. I'm good at it. I spend more time doing that. I feel so great. I have a hobby. It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, you can upgrade your mixology game with Vena's Fizz House Virtual Mixology Classes. If you'd like to win a class for you and a friend, just go to BobandSherry.com. That's B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. And hit the contest tab. And hit the contest tab. And it's the perfect holiday gift. Vena's Fizz House Virtual Mixology Classes with Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, fun size, and more with the free Bob and Sherry app. I saw this post, save money by buying basic items, not the fancy items. And I went, hmm, let me just take a look at this thing. And all of a sudden, I saw an object. I saw a, a thing that I haven't seen since I was probably eight, nine years old, and it is an old-fashioned meat grinder. And I'm going to try to describe it. It's made out of a heavy, like, iron, and it has one big handle that you turn around in a circle and a clamp that lets you clamp the meat grinder, like, onto a counter. So, the you know, the, you, you put it on next to the counter, then you turn the clamp And then you put the meat in the top of this thing and you just turn the crank and you grind meat. Not I've never ground meat. Well, on the dance floor occasionally, but (laughs) I've I've never done that before, but I've seen, I have seen uh, meat grinders like in butcher shops when I was a little kid and I was fascinated. I my mother would say, I want some ground beef, please. And they put this, this big, pile of meat and the guy would grind it away into a, a paper uh, sleeve and then sell it to us. So this guy writes about this old meat grinder and he said, it's kind of out there, but last year my partner and I purchased an electric meat grinder, had all the fancy attachments and nozzles. So we assumed it would be able to do a lot. Very first time we used it, it got stuck several times, sent the mints out with black bits even though uh, it was after a washing, it was so loud the neighbors could hear it, and eventually uh, sparks flew from the machine. Well, we got a nice little stick-on-the-counter manual one, and it's done everything we throw at it with perfect precision. Would never go back. Would stay with the old-fashioned basic. And then somebody else posted this. My washing machine. Back when I first moved out of my house, my father went with me shopping and kept pushing me to buy the basic model. It's got no electronics that you can see, just two knobs. You turn it on and you click it into place and it washes your clothes. That was back in 2002. It's still going. My dad didn't get a choice and my mother wanted all the bells and whistles. And they've gone through three of them since then. We bought a new washing machine that I hate. It's got, it's got this uh, panel, and it's, you know, press this for colors. Press this for start, then press colors, uh, quick spin, um, 
delicates. Um, and then you have to press another button and hold it for like four seconds. And then you have to stand around and wait. And you just look at the thing and then it starts very slowly to move. And sometimes it finishes and the clothes are still not totally uh, wrung out. So you have to press another extra spin. All I wanted was to put my clothes in, dump in, you know, the Tide, and then press one button, wash my damn clothes. I've had them last forever. I know what this person is talking about. Why do we have to be bothered with all this stuff that, you know, I just don't believe that my washing machine knows, oh, Bob wants colors. He wants colors and not delicates. I ain't buying it. Um, you would have loved the Kenmore washer and dryer that was in my grandmother's haunted basement. The washing machine had two settings. The first setting was freezing cold, and the second setting was bleach stains on your jeans. Then right. the dryer had one setting, and that one setting was hellfire and damnation. And so right. everything that went into be. that dryer came yes. out three sizes smaller than it entered, and all of our jeans had weird bleach stains on them. But I will tell you that the, those Kenmore washer and dryer, I think my grandparents bought it before I was born, and it was in the house when we sold it after she died. That's <laughs> what I'm talking about. Kill it. Now, there are people listening right now. They're going, Bob, that's planned obsolescence. That's what America is all about. And that's what I hate. I just hate, hate, hate it. I know they can build them like the old Kenmores, but they have to put all this electronics crap. I, I mean, electronics are great for a car. I have to admit, cars are a whole lot better now than they used to be. But this is, this is ridiculous. And it's just a, a way to upsell us on the cost of these things. All I need to do is, I'll go with you. Yeah, the temperature has to be controlled. I agree with that, cold or hot. But everything else is bogus. I'll tell you what, mister. You got a wife? How come she ain't beating your clothes down on some rocks by the river? Who's in charge of your household? Sounds like somebody's not wearing the pants. (laughs) You stained or not. Because because they shrunk. That's why. And she got them. (laughs) It's fucking shit. It is time now for the People's Movie Critic. I'm assuming that the majority of people have Netflix, okay? Except, of course, our Amish listeners, Caleb and Ovesta, who can't because they don't have electricity. They spend all their time baking shoe fly pie and playing tiddlywinks or whatever. I don't know. But anyway. You know, you got to understand, if you're easily offended, this movie is not for you. Lars's terrible accent, though, you ask about that, it seems to come and go. And I'm not sure if that's on purpose because that would be funny or if he's just lazy and he wanted to get this thing over with. I know for a fact I did. I wanted to get this over with. You're going to love this. Let me, let me ask you, though, is 11 minutes and 40 seconds worth of a fight scene a little tiring? Not if you ain't the ones fighting. <laughs> I think that's a fair point. <laughs> Listen for his reviews every Friday and get all his reviews at BobandSherry.com. Now, let's open up the Bob and Sherry Archive Vault. Life is hard on the farm sometimes, isn't it, Grant? Hey, Grant. Yes, it is. How y'all doing today? Good. You were raised on a farm, and, and your dad took you to bury the cow? Yes, it was found, um, found the cow. You know, it was like a few days or maybe on by. I was probably about seven or eight years old. I was pretty little. But I remember this story real well, and you'll understand why. I would remember this story real well. It's set my, it's 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 become one of my 
fondest childhood memories, most bizarre childhood memories. What so, happened? Uh, what happened? We went to go uh, bury the cow, of course. It had been a few days, I understand. And so uh, we had to take the tractor down there, dig a hole for the cow. We had a front-end loader on the tractor. And I understood that, and I was riding down the tractor with my father. We were going down across the terraces, and I heard something bouncing down there between his legs on the tractor, and I saw there was an axe down there. Well, I didn't understand why there was an axe down there. I asked him, I said, I said why is there an axe down there? Oh, you'll see in a minute. You'll see in a minute. Okay. I'm not liking where this is going. <laughs> not one bit. No, ma'am. It, and you know what? That was yes. not axe body wash. No. <laughs> no, ma'am. I thought that the, family's, the family cow was already deceased. Yeah, it was. It was deceased. Yes, sir. And he, I'm telling you, you might want your, this story might send you out of studio. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, Grant, I'm thanks for w- knowing the man. <laughs> okay. I'm a long-time listener. I'm, I know. This story might send you out of studio. I'm looking at the door. Go ahead. <laughs> We're riding down today, and he said, well, you'll see in a minute. You'll see in a minute. I said, okay. Even at that young age, I realized that, you know, you can't cut a cow up with a hat, so I didn't understand. And so we get down there. And uh, we parked the tractor in here, and he tells me to go stand over here out of the way, and he cranks the tractor back up and starts digging a hole, and I'm looking at this cow, and I'm thinking, I don't know what kind of hole. You can't really dig that big of a hole with a fucking loader of a tractor. I'm like, that that cow's just not going to fit in that hole, because it's, you know, it's blown up like a balloon. It's a big old cow. He's been there for a few days. And I'm thinking, I just don't understand. I still... I'm not kidding. Right. I'm a little kid. I'm You're a good storyteller. Going. Go on. And so uh, he climbs up on top. By the time he gets to hold Doug, he parks the tractor. He climbs up on top of this cow and kind of, you know, spread leg on top of the cow. Gets the axe, of course. Oh, no. Raises this axe. No. up in the air. No. And he comes down between his legs on this cow. Well, it doesn't take one time. It takes about two, three, four times to get to the height of this cow. Until he finally gets through. And it's like, well, it was like this Vesuvius going off. What? I was really glad I was out of the way because it was the nastiest the thing cow erupted. in my life. The cow erupted? Like Vesuvius. It erupted because like it was Vesuvius. swollen. Because it yeah. was sw- Green oh. slime sort of thing that was. Just- <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> we got people in line at the Mickey D's right now, Grant. <laughs> not anymore. Get- not anymore. <laughs> he starts stomping it down as though, you know, until it finally gets the thing flat, you know, where it's going to fit in the hole. And he takes the tractor and he pushes it on off into the hole. Of course, he, you know, being a good father he is, he's got me way out of the way, so I won't get any of this stuff on me, but uh, he's good covered in it, Bob. He's covered in it. He's covered in the inside. <laughs> you know, um, I couldn't live on the phone. Did you folks on a chainsaw? <laughs> and we bury the cow, and we ride back home, and now I'm I'm stuck with that childhood memory forever, and now you got it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want it, though, Grant. I don't want it. I didn't ask for it. I grew up in old Lyme. You you asked for it on a radio show, and now you've got it. The only thing swollen in old Lyme was my father's ego. <laughs> that is disgusting. I'll tell you what, Grant. You can tell a story. You can, Grant. You really, really there was, can. I felt like I was there. There was so much detail and so much I, suspense. I had- you, you know what? Hey, Grant, you know what really surprised me? Outside of the Mount Vesuvius part. <laughs> Was that you're seven years old? This was the family cow that you knew all your life. We had and, a lot, and, and you were 
And oh, you had a lot of them. We had a lot. Yeah, because you were very casual about. Well, it's a family cow. I'm going to go bury it now. It's dead. Well, I mean, we had a lot of cows. They didn't have names. I had chickens that had names. I had chicken stories. I had some duck stories. I had a lot of good stories, but none of them were as good as this one. That's awful. <laughs> hey, if they had Facebook back then, that'd be a shot to put up there. That'd be something to put on video. That'd it? be oh, something yeah. to put on video on Facebook. <laughs> Do you live on the farm now, Grant? Uh, no, I, I, I have a family farm, but I don't operate it now. No, oh, okay. Grant, so, um, how long was it before you were right with cows? And <laughs> it didn't bother me at all. Ah, oh, that's that farm thing, yeah. These people, it sh- it, it's like they're farm. immune because they see everything like that. Yeah, well, nothing, nothing gross. After that, nothing gross bothered me. Nothing. You couldn't tell me a gross story. You can't show me anything gross. Didn't nothing your father know when he brought the axe down that something bad was going to happen? That's why he brought that. He found the cow fire to this, and he knew the cow was bloated up, and he knew what he was going to have to do, and that was the reason he brought the axe. Why not just big a, dig a bigger hole? You know what? What about a big spear? Like, what if he had popped that cow like a big old bovine balloon? Yeah, threw it from a distance. Or fired it with a harpoon gun. Hey, good morning to PETA this morning. Cow died of old age. It did. It was the beloved family cow. What was the cow's name? He doesn't know. It didn't have a name. It didn't have a name. You know what? I guess when it's going to end like this, it's best. Yeah, yeah it probably is. Well, I want to congratulate you for a couple of things, Grant. Number one, surviving that childhood. Number two, being such an awesome storyteller. And number three, Bob stayed in his seat the whole time. I'm impressed, Bob. Sometimes he leaps to his feet. I'm disgusted, Grant. <laughs> Sometimes Bob leaps to his feet and flails around in gestures like a lunatic, but he stayed seated this whole call. It's you almost know, like a mob hit, though. Do you know when you think yeah, about it? I think that's why Bob stuck. He likes yeah. the mob, the mob yeah. Yeah. Oh, the mobs! The mobs out there—they would say, I, "I just couldn't do that." I just, <laughs> and, and it's a good thing you did. I could see why you wouldn't name the family cow because you do watch your father on top saying, "Stand by, Daisy's gonna blow." <laughs> you don't want. Hey, you can upgrade your mixology game with Venus Fizz House Virtual Mixology Classes. If you'd like to win a class for you and a friend, just go to BobandSherry.com. That's B-O-B-A-N-D-S-H-E-R-I.com. And hit the contest tab. And hit the contest tab. And it's the perfect holiday gift. Venus Fizz House Virtual Mixology Classes with Bob and Sherry. Instant access to the podcast, podcast, and fun side. Just download the free Bob and Sherry app. There may be a sequel in the works to a movie that was such a huge hit that it spawned a ride at Universal Studios in Orlando. It made so much money. It made more than $240 million. And yet the stars were never able to get a sequel off the ground. It's finally going to happen. And tragically, the star of the movie and one of the other primary characters, both of those actors have died. I'm talking about Twister. Bill mm-hmm. Paxton died oh, yeah. tragically in 2017. Philip Seymour Hoffman, another death. This one lost to substance abuse. And the movie Twister was out in 1996. Here we are in 2022, and they're just now getting around to making a sequel. And that ride, the Twister ride at Universal Studios, you know that that ran until 2015. They only just recently took that down. Is that right? Yeah. 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 It's coming! Everybody underground now! Come on! Get in the 
You know why I think they're rebooting it now? I think that people are more aware of changes that are dangerous in weather because of global warming. The, the storms are uh, more frequent and stronger, in some cases many times stronger. And uh, knock on wood, we don't get uh, any more twisters, but I guess there's always that possibility. I think people oh, are more weather-centric. Are yeah, they're more, they're more um, possible these days. Well, Bill Paxton, in an interview before a couple of years before he died, said that he always felt like there was another version of Twister that could be made that was um, darker, right, mm-hmm. than mm-hmm. the one that that we had. And Helen Hunt also tried as recently as last year to get a sequel up off the ground, but we finally have a script in the works. It's going to be called Twisters. Um, Steven Spielberg loved it, which means it's getting fast tracked to get produced through Steven Spielberg's company. Um, they don't, they haven't named a director and they also haven't named a star because of course, Bill Paxton is not available to reboot that role. So it'll be interesting to see what Twisters does, but think about this. Not only are people focused on weather catastrophes, because we seem to have one about every seven days, the advances in special effects and technology between 1996 and today, Mm -hmm. that's going to be amazing when it hits the big screen. So who would replace Paxton in that role? Ryan Gosling? Yeah, of course. You know that's anything? Good, if you if choice. you were to say yeah. to me, "Who's bringing the Brussels sprouts at Thanksgiving?" I would say, Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> he's the go-to guy, isn't he? He's he's he really really handsome, good. and yet he's he seems approachable too. He's just got a great look. Who um who else who else could we put in that role? Um, who else? is Ben Affleck uh, a bit? Older Ben, yeah, Ben Affleck's not. I'm you not giving so? that job yeah. to Ben Affleck. Yeah. No, it's got to be Gosling, I guess. <laughs> we could give it to Zac Efron. He's, you know, he's trying to get his career moving. Miles yeah. Teller comes to mind. He could be a good choice. No, um, Zac Efron if- would would be good. After watching him with this travel thing that he's doing about the healthiest places in the world on Netflix, you know, I mean, he is. As, as handsome as it gets, but he wasn't all made up. His his hair wasn't, you know, coiffed or anything. And he could maybe pass for a regular guy that just happens to be pretty good looking. I, I would be willing. I think, and I'm sure Zac Efron appreciates that I'm willing to consider him for the lead role in the sequel to Twister. You know, if Ryan Gosling is unavailable to take it, it's Bob and Sherry. I like going on cruises. I haven't been on a lot of them, but Sherry and I took some of our listeners and went to Alaska once on a celebrity cruise, right? That was fun. And I've done a couple in Greece and also in the Caribbean. I'm not a big cruise person, but boy, oh boy, if I had the coins for this one, I might be. The Ritz-Carlton has a luxury super yacht cruise that has finally just set sail. They've been talking about this for a while. I'm going to tell you what you can get on this yacht, and that's what it is. And then you tell me how, how much you think it is per week. Okay? Okay. Okay. Uh, here ready. we go. Um, the name of the yacht is the Evrima, and it is the first of three custom-built yachts from the famous hotel chain's uh, Ritz-Carlton Yacht Collection. And um, it's going to be going on its first cruise 
a couple of nice spots from Barcelona, Spain to Nice, France. And um, there's the price. It has 298 passengers. It's 190 meters. So what kind of a yacht is this? This is not a, this is not like a great big cruise ship, like something you would see with uh, Norwegian or Carnival or, or one of those. It's like between a rich person's yacht and a big cruise ship. So wow. it's got, you know, 298 people rather than, you know, a thousand. You get um, gold service standard, uh, the highest staff and space to guest ratios at sea, which means you get a lot more room, a dedicated onboard children's facility with a jam-packed program for kids from 4 to 12. Um, also, uh, if, if you're, you know, in Greece, you can go to a variety of uh, destinations when you pull into uh, port. The luxury lot is to be followed by two others. They're going to be cruising in the Mediterranean, in South America. You, you can get, if you want to pay a little bit more, a suite that's over 1,000 square feet and is two or three levels. Every single person has their own balcony. There's a gambling casino. Um, obviously, there's a lot of restaurants. It's just beautiful. The interiors are gorgeous. And um, what do you think they're charging for this for, uh, for a cruise? Week? For a week. A, a one-week cruise. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go. It's got to be 8000 per person. You're pretty close. It, it, um, it's about 6800 per person. That's where it starts. And then it goes up from there. So, you know, $13,000, $14,000 on the low end for a couple. Bring your kid along. Twenty grand for a week. What's that, right? But it is much more, um, I hate to say this, sophisticated and sane looking. Some of those cruise <laughs> ships are just, you know, there's kids screaming, going down, you know, slides that are tunnels. And there's people, you know, hitting golf balls off the back and riding on those, uh, what are those uh, unicycle things that you can ride on? You and I did that on the uh, trip to, uh, oh, the, to Alaska. Oh, the, the thingies. Recumbent? No, the... No, the it thingy was, things, the segways, the, the segways, which which by now everybody was supposed to have one, and and that did not go over. It was a you, for my you'll mind, remember, it was a big failure. Yeah, you'll remember when they launched that, and I said mm-hmm. that's going to bomb. No one needs a replacement for walking across the street. And what happened? You were right. You were exactly right. A lot of people, you know, just couldn't uh, figure them out either. They are a little tricky. So, yeah, about $6,800 per person for the Mediterranean voyage, uh, voyages and about $1,000 less if you're going to be in the Caribbean. It is really you, sophisticated I, looking. I would love that. If I won the Mega Millions, I would take our whole family on one of those. Right, exactly. Whole family. Yep. Rent out half the ship, take the whole – and we would need half the ship. There's so many of us. Rent out half the ship. Let's get a – let's – Let's have our lottery dream vacation. I'd do that in a second. Now, without the Mega Millions, no. I, I don't understand anyone that has the that can budget a vacation that costs you said sixty eight hundred per person? That's the starting part. That's if, if you want to yeah. have a uh, if you want to have a spa uh, on your balcony, uh, private just to you, it goes up from there. I mean, you could probably drop fifteen thousand dollars per person a week. And they have just um, started. And by the way, they're saying this could be the future for cruising. 
The future for who? That's, I, that's a great question. The future for cruising. Four Seasons also has their competitors in the hotel business has the same you, thing. You were not a big fan of the Hunger Games books or movies, but I really feel like when you tell me a story like this, I really feel like we're moving toward the Hunger Games where there are people who live their lives giddily floating from one pleasure and luxury to the next. And then there are people that are shoveling radioactive soil and living on croutons. Yeah. I, I just feel like the, it's this weird, crazy, dystopian thing. There must be a lot of people that can drop fifteen dollars or $20,000 on a week-long vacation for this to even exist. You know, I think there are more than you think. Because all you have to do is to go to one of these McMansion private communities in somewhere like Florida or uh, off the coast of the Carolinas, and you drive through them, and it's house after house after house, and they're 5,000 square feet, and they're empty. Because the people, you're told by locals, oh, yeah, that family only shows up for two weeks a year. And the house is like, it's two or three million dollars. And there's it's an unimaginable yeah, life for yeah. me. It really is. I it's know, Bob and Sherry. It's the Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast called the Oddcast. Podcasting. Podcast. With stuff we wouldn't, couldn't, or shouldn't do on the regular show. Spooky season's not over quite yet. Listen to the current Oddcast where one of our listeners experienced a haunting in an old castle with pictures that are on our Facebook page. The Bob and Sherry Off-Air Podcast. The Oddcast. We got a big podcast today. Here. Get it now on the free Bob and Cherry app, bobandcherry.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Fun Size Podcast, a shareable taste of the show at our website or the free, free Bob and Cherry app. Every day there's something I didn't know that pops up, like on my newsfeed, or I have an app that tells you, you know, on this day. And a lot of times it's like on this day in 1112. Googaloogala invaded what is now Austria, right? You're like, okay, well, that's yeah, good to know, yeah. but you know, we're not going to really be using that. Um, but this morning, so I'm eating breakfast and I'm, I'm scrolling through and I learned that on this day in 1971, um, Billy Joel's debut album, Cold Spring Harbor was released mm-hmm. and there was a mistake in the engineering and nobody caught it and it, they huh. released it sped up so this is billy joel's debut she's got a way about her i don't know what it is but i know that i can't live without her she's got a way of pleasing i don't know what it is but there doesn't have to be album comes out and billy joel is like what i sound like a chipmunk what have you done and it was not a deliberate thing on the part of the record label it was a mistake in engineering it took 12 years for billy joel to get the record company to fix it you have got to be kidding that was released like that i don't recall i remember when that was played on the radio i don't recall his voice being that high they did not remaster Cold Spring Harbor until 1983, and this is the version you're familiar with. She's got a way about her. I don't know what 
Bob, I don't think it was ever played on the radio. In 1971, this was not a big enough hit to have been played on the radio. This became a hit after he had all his initial success with The Stranger and all that. And then they released this as a single. But it was not then. I picked this song off of Cold Spring because you know it. I can see this happening because probably the engineers, because he was still breaking as an artist, did not were not that familiar with the tone of his vo- his voice. There are men who have voices that natural voices that high who sing. <laughs> That's probably what happened. It's was pretty horrifying. weird. It's pretty weird sounding. I gotta tell you. When you know, hear right. it, you can hear yeah. it. Yeah. And you didn't know this either. No, this little sliver of music history that just kind of disappeared like like a dust bunny under the bed. You know, sometimes you only know these little stories behind the stories about artists because you're really, really invested in them. You really love them. You have all of their stuff. If they're on, you know, television, you're there to see it and all. And he's a very talented man. I just always felt like some other people that his stuff would have been better if it was in Broadway shows. I and they ended up in done Broadway both. shows. Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess they did. Yeah, something. Yeah, that's right. I just, I'm just picturing poor Billy Joel. God, all those, he's so wildly gifted. He's worked so hard. He finally gets his good, his big break. They put the record in his hands and he sounds like this. <laughs> you know, it's so hard to get a hit record. I mean, you have to have somebody, you have to have the song. You've got to have the performance. You have to have the promotion with the record company so it doesn't die. Radio's got to get behind it. Yeah, yeah all of that, and then a screw up like this. You're right. I, yeah, he probably so there, didn't sleep I, for a week. I think the the version of this song that most people ended up hearing was one he he. So after he had his initial success, they started re releasing some of this stuff, and they did a mm-hmm. live version. And this is the one that really was the hit. She's got a way about her. Yeah, I think you're right. His voice is how much different more, that is. Yeah, much more timber. But I know that I This is and this is a live performance that he did of this. She's got a way. But I'll say this. Go rummage around in the basement at your parents' house. Yeah, really? See if they have an original 1971 pressing of Cold Spring Harbor. Yeah, it's a good idea. They probably do. You're right. It's Bob and Sherry. Hey, thank you so much for listening to the Bob and Sherry podcast and the Bob and Sherry Oddcast. We would love if you would subscribe, rate and review, and share it with a friend on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you go. And thank you again for listening.